But hello and welcome to the Pastor and People Podcast. This is your host, Isaac Adams, and I'm here with the usual suspect, the BD on your wheelie. Suspect is right, man. <laughs> Picture all over the post office. <laughs> and we are talking about discipleship specifically so that pastors might not domineer their people. Uh, might not lord over their people, but that so that they might work with them, and that their people might work with them. That it might be this co, this mutual thing, this co labor for joy, mm-hmm. um, for the glory of our Lord, and for their joy, for their happiness in our Lord. Uh, and in that, we talked about the basics of discipleship. What does Scripture say about these things? We talked about how a shepherd makes disciples. We talked about what to expect from your shepherd from the people side. And then we talked about what happens when those expectations and those how-tos go awry. Mm-hmm. We talked about mistakes people often make, mistakes shepherds often make. Uh, but then we rejoice in a sense because Scripture doesn't just warn, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't just admonish, it encourages and it builds us up uh, and it gives the positives and the right how-tos and even the basic plans, mm-hmm. right? And that's what mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about today, T, is a basic plan, say I'm new to this concept of discipling. Mm-hmm. Um, where do I where do I start, and how how do I even just get started with this endeavor of discipling? Well, that's a great question, uh, and really the basic plans are the best plans. Uh, if it's too elaborate, you know, you tend not to stick with them. It's too elaborate, tends to be onerous in various ways, um, and so a basic Christianity uh, is the best kind of Christianity in that sense. Uh, and I think if you're a pastor and you're saying, hey, man, I, I want to get started with discipling some of my people more closely uh, beyond the ministry of the pulpit, uh, then I think the very best place to start is with prayer. Uh, our Lord prayed uh, for his disciples and uh, sought the Father's will uh, for his disciples. I think it's good for us to pray and ask the Lord to identify people um, who he would have us to sort of pour into and uh, to pray and to listen for a season uh, for a week or two and just sort of see who keeps coming to mind, see who seems profitable um, in terms of uh, really willing to, to, to sort of walk with you in that way. Um, and so I'd start with prayer. So not just jumping in, okay, I got this one guy, but yeah, yeah. so you quiet the heart, quiet the mind. And the second thing is, uh, I want to encourage the pastor to start with his own devotional life, right? So before you embark on sort of a brand new plan to disciple 20 people a month, um, you know, really sort of make sure that you're putting things in your own soul, that you are keeping close communion with Christ yourself, that your habits of prayer and scripture reading of meeting with the saints on the Lord's day, uh, of attending the prayer meeting, your, your habits in evangelism and, and all the, the disciplines of the spiritual life are, are refreshing to your own soul, number one. And secondly, in some measure, are things that would be good for other people to copy. You know, you don't want to start out in saying, I'm going to disciple some folks, but you know, you don't read your Bible. You know, you don't pray. You know, you don't really spend time with God's people. You're not going to be the best example for people to follow. So, for the sake of your own soul and for your ministry to others, you know, make sure you you're not a perfectionist, but make sure you have a reasonably solid devotional life yourself. And sadly, a lot of pastors might not get that. But let's assume for a second they do, and let's assume then we're talking to a brother who's thinking, 
I want to disciple people, but I'm not even basically doing the spiritual disciplines myself. And he might realize, even having heard that, I need to get discipled, right? Mm-hmm. What's so? What's the basic step then? First step. Uh, let's say let's say they've prayed, but you know, what do you? I want I want to just get discipled. Do I just walk up and ask? Do I have to fill out yeah. some form? Do I email my pastor? Yeah, what could be any of those, right? So uh, let's assume that whether you're a pastor or you're a, a member of a church, uh, you've got as a pastor a list of three to five men you think you want to sort of spend time with. Or you remember and you're thinking, I need to spend time with somebody to help me learn to walk various things out. In either case, once you have a name or names, then you just have to figure out, okay, the, you know, the approach. And this is a basic plan, right? So keep it basic. Go up to them after church and say, listen, um, to if you're a young man who needs someone to disciple, I'm aware of these areas in my life where I need to grow. Uh, I've been praying that the Lord would help me identify someone who can help me grow. Not that they have to be perfect themselves, but that they would just be willing um, to share their life and to share what they've learned. Um, would you consider being that person? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and similarly, as a pastor, you can say you got this list of five guys and you're thinking um, these are guys that I'd like to spend time with and like to sort of impart to. Um yeah, you just approach them after church or you send them a group email, depending on whether you want to spend time with them individually or you want to turn into a small group. Um, you send them an email and say, hey, you know, Second Timothy 2, you know, I, I want to find faithful men whom I can entrust with what I've been taught, who would be able to teach others also. Uh, you guys strike me as having that uh, or you strike me as wanting to grow in that direction. And um, I think it might be fruitful if we spend regular time together. Um, what say you? You know, sometimes see it's amazing how the most basic things are the most profound things in some (laughs) sense. Because in that, what you said, I think it takes off a lot of pressure to feel like I need to wait for the stars to align for sister, sister Joe, sister Joe, brother Bob to disciple me. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it kind of is like being a normal person and going up and saying, "Can we spend time together Mm -hmm. for these for these intentionally spiritual reasons?" Mm Um, because I think sometimes what I've seen and what I've experienced in my own heart is like, I'm going to wait on them to ask me. Mm-hmm. And when they ask me, then the time is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes I've seen, at least in my own heart, that's all I can speak for is a subtle pride in that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just can wait and then yeah. something will happen. And, and it's very much a passive life to the most important part of life mm-hmm. or, or a passive approach to the most important part of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I walk with Christ. What could be more important than that? And if we sit back and say, I'm going to wait somebody to approach me to see if an acorn falls and hits me in the head. You know, that, that's passive. Um, with that part of our lives that we ought to be most actively cultivating and, and curating in that sense. Yeah. So from either perspective, we've prayed, we've uh, sought the Lord's counsel, mm-hmm. and then we've even sought the people out normally and basically, as mm-hmm. in they're normal and basic people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, hopefully they are. Yeah, hopefully they are. <laughs> Sometimes they won't always be. But, uh, you know, hey, I want to spend time with you. Uh, yeah. I've seen these uh, godly attributes or things that can flourish in you um, and that you could help flourish in me. Mm-hmm. Um, what are then the main issues to address? So we've, we've emailed, we've set up our first coffee or mm-hmm. I've traveled, you know, I brought him along to this conference or mm-hmm. whatever. What do I say? Well, two things there that uh, I'd, I'd want to say. So we talk about prayer offered, people identified. And then I think it needs to be purpose clarified, right? So what's the sort of 
purpose in this relationship with persons. And particularly as a pastor, um, I think I want to encourage guys to recognize you can have different disciple-making agendas with different persons. So you might have a group of guys, and the purpose of your meeting is really to help them in their preaching. You know, that that's that's what you're focused on. Those are the kinds of books you read. Uh, those are the kinds of maybe discussions you have. Um, and, and that's what you're giving yourself to. Now, other things will be picked up in the course of that. Uh, but you, what really brings you together is, you know, helping these guys hone their craft as preachers. Um, or you may have uh, a young couple, you and your wife are discipling, um, and it's really about their marriage. And you're trying to help them either as newlyweds get established in good routines um, and learn how to care well for each other. There's nothing magical about saying, I do. That doesn't, when you say I do, you ain't done. You know, you just, you just forget <laughs> it, man. That's that. exactly <laughs> You ain't done. So you, you get to learn how to put a whole, you put two lives that were separate together. Great to walk with, you know, a couple with more marriage experience um, through those kinds of things. So, so maybe it's a couple to couple, or maybe you're as a couple, a ministry couple, leading leading a, a young married couple small group, and so you're taking people through things, discussions, and readings uh, on things like, um, you know, as basic as time management as a couple, uh, financial management as a couple, uh, marital intimacy communication, um, any, any number of things, parenting um, that you would take them through just sort of to pour into their family life. And you're letting them see your life uh, as a part of that journey as well. So that's part of what you want to clarify. And so in the illustration you gave earlier, a young man who's saying, well, I'm not reading my Bible. And honestly, I don't really quite know how to read my Bible. Nobody's ever taught me that. Um, so maybe the purpose there is to meet up with a more seasoned Christian to really just read the Bible and learn how to read the Bible. Reading something like um, David Helm's book, One-on-One -on -one Bible Reading. An excellent, excellent short little study uh, that helps people to sort of get together and read their Bible for the purpose of reading their Bible. So the main thing is to, is to clarify that purpose. Mm, that's helpful. And again, basic, mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, which is helpful because he, I want to ask, why, why is it, do you think we feel this pressure to have this, in a sense, totalistic kind of just like every time we meet we need to go through these 10 categories of your life uh and i need to address all of these uh in this in this time frame for these next two months why why do you think we in a sense kind of rush to that well i i think we rush to it in, in terms of positive pressure to rush to it rush to it uh is we oftentimes feel like the structure is helpful we need a little structure need some guidance um, we are oftentimes moved by the, say those questions, those accountability questions. They, they, you know, can sometimes really pierce the heart and open up good conversation. And I think we rush to that because we want, we do want some intimacy. We want there to be meaningful conversation. Um, uh, but there's negative reasons we rush to that too. Uh, we rush to it because we're impatient. You know, uh, we, we don't want the intimacy. We sometimes aren't patient enough to let the intimacy develop naturally you know, just out of the out of the sort of rhythm of life as you walk together and and uh, sometimes do rather unspiritual things like watch the Super Bowl together. <laughs> you know, uh, we, we don't trust that that will build relationship to an extent that we can actually have meaningful conversations about deep things. And so we're impatient. And maybe the worst of, of the bad reasons for rushing to that 
is we turn this whole thing into a project, mm-hmm. which is to say we turn people into a project. We, we just want to sort of uh, fix this little thing or run the maintenance check and make sure there's still oil in the car and gas in the car. Uh, and so the project's done. But ministry is not about projects. It's about people. And people are messy and slow and sometimes complicated. Um, which brings me in terms of a basic plan, brings me to a, a sort of fourth piece of so prayer offered, people identified, purpose clarified, um, and, then, and then a process, uh, a process established. How will we do this? Um, and that can look as different as the people involved. Um, and the constraints that they face, right? So if it's the purpose is to learn to read the Bible together, uh, then yeah, that can look like let's get lunch every every Friday and we'll, we'll sort of enjoy our lunch together, catch up a little bit, then we'll open our Bibles and we'll, we'll work through a book of the Bible together, right? So that, that's kind of one process. Uh, if, if the purpose is, you know, I need to be helped in learning how to live as a Christian with a non-Christian spouse. And you're meeting up with an older woman who has lived that way for years or an older man who has lived that way for years. Um, That's probably going to look more like going to that woman's house and having tea sometime and coffee and just spending, you know, Saturday time together, maybe going out and shopping together and, you know, whatever. That's going to look a little bit more like, let me just walk with you, right? Um, and the same could be true if you've got, um, you know, you've got a small group approach where you're discipling young couples. Well, part of that's kind of small group time with, with all the couples. Then maybe you break up into gender group. The guys go into a cave, the women go into a, a cave, and they talk in their gendered groups for a little bit. Um, but as a couple who's leading that group of couples, um, you also have a couple-to-couple ministry going on where you, you're walking together. So you're blending some of all of those things. Right. Um, and so it just really, it, the, the form um, needs to be dictated by the, the function, the purpose, right? right? So, and then the form can also change as life changes, yeah. right? So I'm, in a, I'm right. in a married small group, and our leaders just had their fourth child. Mm. Right. And mm. now I think our schedule has to change. That's right. How often <laughs> that's we meet, right. right? That's right. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's right. wonderful. That's right. Um, that's so, right. T, I think it's been a really helpful, a really helpful, just at least basic starter pack. Mm. Uh, can you just run through those four sure. uh, bullet so points? Sure. You, so, you want to offer prayer, right? And you want to identify people. You want to clarify the purpose. Uh, and you want to establish a process. And that process is just as you were just saying a moment ago. It's going to be clear about how long you're meeting together. And this is the other thing. Not every discipleship relationship need to be this indefinite love fest. Well, I was about, <laughs> I was about to ask you for a bonus round of, uh, to put it one way, when when do we break up? And how do we break That's up? Exactly I right. mean, like, I, even if I've been enjoying this relationship, it's like, Yo, I have a kid now, mm-hmm. you know, or I just got married or mm-hmm. I got a new job. Mm-hmm. Like, I like you. Mm-hmm. I've benefited and I've grown. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't just trying to use you, but my Saturdays just aren't just gone now. Yeah. Yeah, it's gone now. Yeah. yeah, no, that's right. And and it gets awkward. It is like a little relationship when you, when you sort of haven't defined the purpose and the process, including how long, um, 
you know, then when you start to sort of life, have those life changes, people get kind of awkward. Like, I feel like I'm dropping this person. You know, I'm breaking <laughs> up with somebody. Um, so that's part of, that's one of the things that define in the process right up front. I love, we got a dear brother here uh, named Andy Johnson who often say, you know, let's meet up for six months and read through this book together. Or let's just read this book together and we're done. Uh, and I think some people experience that as a little bit kind of abrupt and socially awkward, but it's clear about, purpose and process and uh, and when that time is up it is up and you, you move to the next thing um, and so I do think and this is where the discipleship relationships are a little bit different or can be different from just open-ended friendship mm-hmm. right so you, you don't look to sort of end friendships unless something bad has happened right um, or there's a major life change someone moves across the country or something right. You know, friendships we look to enjoy for as long as the Lord will allow us, right? Well, that's not true of, of discipleship relationships necessarily. Um, and so just being clear on the onset about um, that expectation about, you know, winding things down, it's just really helpful. Because the other thing you want to be doing in your discipleship relationship is you want to be transferring. So if we go back to 2 Timothy 2, two, you know, we don't want this perpetual I'm Barnabas, you're Timothy, you know, or I'm Paul, you're Timothy. We we want at some point to be actively working to see that the Timothys become the Pauls as well. And multiply. Um, and multiply. So this isn't just additive, this is meant to be multiplicative. Um, and so just having it as a goal, saying, hey, I'm going to take you through this book together. Let's let's read, uh, let's read Tony Carter's on being black and reformed. And when we're done with that. Um, I'm, I'm going to be leading for most of the way, just sort of taking us through the chapters. But the last couple chapters, you lead us through. And then having read the book, let me encourage you to find one other brother to read the book with. You've already done the homework because you've read it through. Now walk somebody else through that process. Um, and so there ought to be a purposeful sort of um, getting people out of the nest and spreading that sort of discipling activity throughout the entire body. Well, T, in that, you introduce a a category, if I'll call it that, uh, of friendship, Mm -hmm. right? And Mm -hmm. what a wonderful gift from the Lord for us Mm -hmm. to enjoy, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But friendships get tricky with discipleship, too, and especially from the pastor's perspective in the church. So uh, the next time you and I get up, I want to talk about this question, can can pastors have friends in their churches? So not just disciples, but friends. So like, I'm getting up with Joe because I enjoy Joe or because yeah. we have friendship and that's it. Um, and we'll talk about that next time. So thank you for joining us here on Pastor and People. We pray the Lord blesses you all and we'll see you next time, Lord willing.